0: Hello and welcome to the next installment of Opt-In NYC. I am one of your hosts, Officer Joe Galetta, and I am joined this week. John Nagon. Now we did, unfortunately, sort of lose Kayla. She's still working with us, but she's transitioning to more of a behind the scenes role with us. So we have a new consistent host.
1: My name is Mackenzie, a.k.a. Chicken Nugget.
0: Chicken nugget, huh?
1: Chicken nugget, because I love me some chicken nuggets with some barbecue sauce.
0: Barbecue sauce is barbecue the sauce. sauce of choice?
2: Okay. Yeah,
1: always. I honey mustard, though? I think. No, barbecue. One, no. Uh, one Bar- or two packs. Uh, four.
0: Okay. Is that for the four piece? You need four No, packs.
1: it's just barbecue
3: Thanks. sauce with everything.
0: What a show this is going to be. No. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Our guest this week.
3: Officer Cassandra Pagan.
0: And where are you from?
3: I am from the Bronx. I currently work at Health. And wellness. Excellent, excellent. All right, so.
1: So my first question is going to be, why did you decide to become a police officer?
3: When I was a teenager, my sister had an incident that resulted in her going to the hospital. I felt that the officers that arrived on scene didn't deal with the situation properly. So I always had the passion of doing the right thing and becoming what I always wished arrived to the scene that day.
2: Where were you at at your life at this point? How old were you?
3: So I was a freshman in high school. A
2: freshman in high school. Okay. Yes.
3: I was in, I had just got to Truman High School over there in the Bronx, in Bay Plaza. And my sister was still in junior high school. Um, She decided to cut class and um, be with a bunch of friends on top of a roof in the Bronx. Gets into a physical fight, and argument with one of the girls, and she was pushed off the roof. She did survive, thankfully. So we are very blessed in that way. But the girl who did the incident decided to um, stay on scene. And when the officers got there, she stated that my sister had committed suicide. And later we find out, once my sister was off a of medication and survived the incident, that the incident had nothing to do with suicide. It actually was uh, attempt. Attempted murder.
2: So it was a it was at a young age, a, a really young point in your life,
3: that you decided to kind of go into law enforcement.
1: About 16. Can you describe your experiences as a youth officer?
3: The experiences were like no other. It probably was the most exciting, fun time of my career. I had the opportunity to meet kids from six years old, seven years old, all the way to the kids are now friends and they're in their 20s now. So I had the opportunity to be their instructor, be a mentor, and friend.
0: What is being a youth officer? Why don't you go a little bit into that. Yeah.
3: In each precinct, at the time of my career, there was a youth officer. Now there is a position that is equivalent to it, but at that time they were it was called youth officer. That officer was in charge of arranging events that entailed anything to do with the teens from the community, with interactions with the schools, the principals, and being able to provide principals a day-to-day face so that when they do have incidents within the school or in the vicinity of the school, they're able to reach out to the youth officer and that officer would know those specific kids. So if two let's say two kids, uh, two 15-year-olds get into a physical fight. You know one of these kids is not typically an aggressive kid. You are not, you don't go into the scene blinded. You kind of know what's going on. But at the same time, you deal with kids on such a daily basis that a physical fight, every officer would just see two grown men fighting. You will be um, more prone to understanding that 15 year olds fight, they get into something like this, and you're able to calmly deal with the situation and think of what's best for that moment, but also think of how that can affect their life yeah, and how it, that can affect their kids' life in the future.
2: It personalizes the situation more yes. so you could handle the situation correctly. Yes.
0: Okay. And now the. Youth officer is also responsible for the explorers, correct?
3: Yes. I was going to ask
0: about that because you said we uh, definitely yeah.
3: were responsible for explorers. Um, the explorer program was a program that it, it falls under Boy Scouts of America, and each precinct has the privilege of having a squad of kids, and those kids will range from anywhere from 14 to 20. And they are able to be part of the program and work closely with kids and cops and get to meet other kids that have goals and aspirations as themselves, but also have a rigid and set goals and look at things in a different perspective because they actually are seeing the reality of what's going on in their community. So they're able to work closely with the cops and see how, the cops do give back to the community and able to learn from them and able to see what can happen in the future and learn about jobs and learn how to react to, let's say, a um, a domestic call that an officer might get. As a child, you see it one way, but it, an explorer now, if they experience a, a domestic incident and an officer goes to the scene, they're able to actually be like, Oh, I know what's going on. This officer has to interview this way. This officer has to answer. And maybe they'll react differently. Maybe that interaction and that relationship will be different.
1: What are some of the benefits of becoming an explorer?
3: Some of the benefits, first and foremost, is it just broadens your horizons on meeting different type of people. Because sometimes we're seen by the youth as just a figure behind a blue suit. And that is far from what we are um, as an officer me myself I can speak for myself first and foremost, I'm a human so I'm I have emotions and I have a family and I have I want my explorers to be treated by any other officer just the same way I would want my daughter to be treated by an officer so they have the opportunity to interact with cops to realize why we do things how we do things and they're able to change officers the same way that the officers are able to change them and their views. So I think that's the overall benefit. The overall benefit is that the, the youth is the future and we have to let them know what why it's important to have law enforcement and policing out there. But we do have to have a balance and there has to be a reason why we have to work together. And letting the, letting the youth know from earlier on is the best way to do it.
2: So, still on the topic of explorers, um, I know from prior knowledge that there's uh, there's multiple programs they could go to within like the explorer program, and they have like a, a summer thing they do. So, what exactly happens over that summer? I know there's a certain training they go through, et cetera. Can you talk more on that?
3: Yes. So, I had the I had the privilege of being an official classroom instructor in the law law enforcement explorer program, which happens over the summer. It is a program that consists of. During the day, there is a two-week physical and classroom instruction. You will learn about drills. You will learn about policing. You will learn about um, different type of calls and how to interact with others in a um, police mindset and understand why we do things. And you are being trained from everywhere, from like Nassau police, federal police, state customs. You have um, border patrol, canine comes and visits them, a whole bunch of things. We, learn, we teach them how to handcuff. We teach them how to, from search and arrest, from how active shooter will work, negotiation skills, all different type of skills. You do that for two weeks. After that, then there is a, it's a six-day camp. And that you go up to a Boy Scout camp, and that will give you the opportunity to explore and truly learn how it is to be out there. And that you will learn everything from, we did zip lining, um, uh, some hiking, we did camping. We learned how to (laughs) be outside and actually live within the wilderness and not have the privileges that, well, we're so accustomed to.
2: Yeah. And uh, one more follow up is you said from the ages of 14 to 20. Um, so what exactly happens when um, the youth basically ages out? Because, uh, you know, as you said, they go to certain trainings and stuff. Is there a certification that an explorer gets? Is it like an award? Something helps out with colleges?
3: So once you finish the academy and you graduate from the academy, you will get a certificate for graduation. That typically is given by the police commissioner and it is a, Graduation that happens at one PP typically, and what's great about it is is that it helps you have that certificate, and it helps you have a more advanced explorer, and you will teach the younger explorers. After that, once you hit twenty, then. You would ideally would like to go to cadets. Your explorer coordinator, which I was for the four seven at the time, because I came from the four seven precinct in the Bronx. I you would deal with your coordinator. You would put in for cadets program. You would put in for college applications. They will help. I helped um, some of my explorers fill out resumes for jobs. It really depends on what your career path is. We're your mentor, but we are we're like. I remember explorers telling me I was like their mom. I was that person that they came to to fill out a financial aid form. And I spent evenings and my personal time at times going and dropping off these kids at their home because they didn't have a way to get back to their residence. So you have that connection that you have with these people and you establish. And so it depends. I have explorers now that call me and they ask me for references. I have explorers that ask me to help them with their resume. Um, I have Explorer who she took the police test, or and I drove I drove her to take her JST. So hopefully the goal is to maybe one day be able to go to these these uh, kids graduations, and and that doesn't necessarily mean you know at the police academy because I would love to I have an explorer that I I have now that. And within the year, hopefully, she will be called in, and I want to I want to put her shield on her shirt. That that would be like an honor, but it doesn't have to be policing. It, I have another explorer that's graduating from medical school, so that's that. I would love to go to her graduation and be there too, because it's whatever the child and the youth want for their for themselves. It's not we're not trying to breed more cops. We are. It's a, a beautiful thing if you decide that you would like to be a cop but that's not our overall goal.
0: Hang on, there's a little bit of police lingo in there. One PP for anyone who doesn't know is One Police Plaza, that's the headquarters and JST is the job standardized test. That's the obstacle course and fitness test that police officers have to, or potential police officers have to pass before they get on the job. So just want to clear that up and let's go ahead and hear a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Now, you've transitioned from being a youth officer into a new role now. Why don't you go into a little bit about what you do now?
3: I actually work for Health and Wellness Unit. It is in Lower Manhattan. It has the privilege of now I'm able to help officers directly. So before I helped the youth and now I am able to help officers get resources to help help them with their mental, physical, and their emotional well-being. So as part of that,
1: what are some activities that you do?
3: So the unit itself, it's broken up into different pieces. But one of the pieces that I'm part of is we have an officer that does yoga. We have a nutritionist. We have someone that will help you with your financial literacy We have a person who will provide you resources if you would like some mental health awareness outside of the department. We even have a critical incident group and their initiative is to increase support provided to the officers in reference to critical traumatic incidents. So what we do is we started in July of 2020 for members of service to further the mission to increase mental health awareness and reduce mental health stigma and it's led by a health and wellness clinician and peer counselor from the Employee Assistance Unit, which was trained by ICISF. And we expand the definition of critical incidents in an effect to support officers responding to a variety of serious events. So we provide them the opportunity to speak with the clinician and talk about this incident that is not a normal incident. Sometimes as officers, we normalize things And we go to a job and maybe, maybe we have a male that's been shot and has a gun wound. We are so used to this that mentally we just go into gear and we help this person. But sometimes that can cause a long-term trauma for ourselves. So this unit is proactively trying to address that and talk about it and let them know that this is real and this can happen So we're here to help cops in all different ways.
1: So does the unit offer services and support to only officers or it's open to like civilians?
3: So the critical incidents specifically would be officers because they're the ones that are answering the 911 jobs. But all of the other resources that we provide from getting a therapist, from being able to take care of your physical health, from learning about finances and getting your budget together, all those services are still provided, is also provided to civilians because they are also part of the NYPD.
1: How does your mental health play the role into the working in the unit?
3: Myself, specifically? Well, in order to help others, you have to truly first help yourself. And you have to be in a good, healthy mental space. So I have to believe what I preach, right? So when I go to a roll call and I tell them There are people who genuinely care about you on this job. I have to mean it. So that's why I always take care of myself and I always take advantage of the resources that are provided to me. Every chance I get, I try to take a yoga class or every chance I get, I try to learn about my finances because if I'm having problems with my finances and I can't pay my bills, that's going to cause an emotional strain on myself. Maybe I'll, one day when I become a sergeant and they, and I'm on the street and I have to answer a job and I'm so stressed out that I'm not thinking straight. That's when all these things kick in. That's why it's important that the officers also take care of themselves. And self-care is super important.
2: Earlier, you, uh, you mentioned a roll call. Can you define what a roll call is in terms of the NYPD? Like how that looks?
3: Of course. So a roll call is when officers, right before they get dispatched to the street, they will, it's a platoon, and they will, let's say, it's during the day. It's broken up into three sections, the day, the afternoon, and overnight. So during the day, we will have one of the supervisors would address each cop and give them their assignment for the day and pair them up, and that will um, identify which cop cars are going out and how many they have. And then when they get dispatched, that roll call is the opportunity to ask any questions or learn about the concerns about the community. Maybe there is a party going on. There's going to be 300 people at this specific location. That's where you will get that information.
2: So there's a health and wellness officer uh, present at the calls Because I've been around one one time while doing community. I was going in and out of a precinct. Um, it was doing something for like turkeys. And uh, I, had a, I had to like walk through one of those. I felt really out of place. So that's what that is. And there's a health and wellness officer present for that?
3: So, at times, we are go out and let officers know what we do for a unit. And the only way to do that is to speak to officers that are on the everyday doing the footwork. They're because they're the place, core. So yeah. They're the foundation. And they're super important. They're the ones actually interacting and having these critical incidents. So, we go to them and we interact with them. And we let them know what services we can provide to them. So, we will what we call address roll call or speak to the officers before they're dispatched out.
1: Um I have a question going back to the last question about the health and wellness unit. So me personally, um I'm a senior in high school. So um I'm going off to college and I wanna pursue the um having my own private practice. So I want to study psychology or maybe like maybe become a therapist one day. So um, for young people like me and other kids like me in the city, do you guys like offer services to help kids like that or?
3: So within health and wellness, we do provide officers the opportunity to get resources for their family members. So we directly work for the cops. So for community itself, we wouldn't be able to help. But if you were a relative to an officer, then you can call us directly and you can get that information. But if you're looking for that type of information, you can always go and speak to every inside a precinct. You can speak to your domestic violence officer, which can give you that information. You can speak to your horizon person who they provide therapy. um, They will give you resources on a therapist or um, resources in that way. So if you just came off the street, there are resources within the precinct, but our unit is specifically for officers.
2: How would one go about asking that? I know um, my precinct, it's set up a certain way. So would you like going like, to the waiting like lobby they have and just like ask for the specific officer or ask for like that title. Because I know for me, when I was younger and I was told like, oh, you can get these resources at a precinct, I was always scared. And I always had to do like, you know, how am I supposed to just walk into this precinct and like ask for this? Like how?
3: So now you can go to your youth coordinating officer. That's the first and foremost person. So when you walk into a precinct, there will always be a desk that doesn't have to be a physically a desk, but there's going to be someone who will greet you. And we call that person the telephone switchboard operator, or we call it TS. So that person, you will specifically ask that person. They may be in a room, which we call 124 room, but it's just an imaginary area. So it's just before you get to where the cops are. So before the locked up area. So. You go to that area, you will ask that officer that is sitting there that you would like to speak to the YCO. That's the first step. The YCO is not available. Then, depending on what you...
0: The YCO is the youth coordination officer now, yeah.
3: If that person's not available, then you can ask that officer right there. You can tell them what is it that you need. I'm having issues with at home, and I would like to speak to somebody in reference to getting some help for that. They may direct you to the to the Uh, area where the horizon is within the precinct they may direct you to a domestic violence officer they may direct you to maybe just an officer who has experience in that in that field so it really is we are more accessible than maybe people may see because they have like this stigma of officers are you know i don't want to go in there i didn't do anything i didn't do anything wrong um you know they may look at me like i'm I'm some bad kid no officers we address things m- most officers because no not every organization there's no organization that's perfect, but f- most officers and all the officers I've worked with they really truly want to help so when you walk in they're going to try their best to help you with what you need and if you're a kid in need, <laughs> everyone loves kids yeah. you guys get like the automatic Definitely. pass I you like guys get it. the automatic pass. <laughs> Most of the time.
1: (laughs) What do you think is the most rewarding aspect of your job?
3: The most rewarding aspect of my job is being able to give back. Being able to let people know that, that sometimes it may seem like there's no answer, but things always get better. Because from when in the beginning, I had kids that came into my youth office and they had just gotten into a fight and they were arrested. And they felt like it was the end of the world. It's not. It's not the end of the world. You can still change. And there's, there's still opportunities. It may be something small. And I was able to help those kids. And now I have officers that are going through a lot. It's not an easy job. It's not easy out there. And the climate right now for police officers, it's not one that you feel appreciated. So I'm able to let officers know that, listen, you guys still have... Um, us and we're able to help each other so that's the best part of the job just being able to help people in general it doesn't matter whether kids or officers it's just a, a great unique little chunk a little piece of the police department I like that I like to help people too that's awesome don't lose that don't let no one don't let no one change that about you
0: I think the biggest thing that officers always think about when it comes to mental health is that they're just going to get in trouble for it yes. so I think being able to your unit being able to break down that stigma, I think, is one of the most important things for police officers. I know I'm a little bit biased here, but yeah, yeah. I think that's that's super. That's important. something I've heard a lot
2: too. So, you know, I, I especially with um I think it was last year there was a rise in numbers of uh, uh, of cop suicides. And that was like the biggest thing whenever I read an article or heard it. It's that cops feel afraid to get help because, you know, you have this badge and it's kind of authority you're supposed to keep and that makes you weak. And you know, that's not the truth. You have to always get help no matter your profession, whether it's from protecting the server in New York City or, or fighting in Iraq, you, you have, you have
3: to get help. It's, you're hundred percent correct. And the health and wellness team, we're always working on that on a daily basis. There are things that happen behind the scenes that people won't know about and people won't hear because it can be something simple. Sometimes you'll get a phone call, um, REAU, which is Employee Assistance um, Unit. Sometimes they'll get a phone call and you just have an officer crying and it has nothing to do with work. Or you may have an officer that had a really bad job and it's affecting them. Every day, they can't sleep. And these all these things have to be addressed because if we are expected to treat people good in the street, we have to be okay. Just like you wake up and you're having a bad day and you got to go to school. The whole day, you don't want no one to talk to you. Same thing like a cop. Officers, we go through the same thing. We're human.
2: And if anything, it's it's even more so important to, to get help and to handle that as an officer. Because everyone always says like, okay, you know, cops can mess up, but you don't have space to mess up because of your job. Because how important it is. And I think saying that statement in a negative context kind of makes it worse but it's more important i don't want to say more important but it's it's really important for a cop to get help especially because of the line of like their career because people know that having a bad day can like impact how you act so if you're someone who has to protect and serve and has to um you know fulfill certain things on the street and you're having a bad day that could impact your judgment and now you can make a mistake or you could do something that could change the rest of your life all because you decided not to get that help. It's 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 even more important for a police officer to do that.
3: And not only changes your life, but it it can change someone else's life and not just one person, the families that it touches as well.
0: So how would officers reach out to your unit if they needed help in any of these services?
3: So, they can reach out to our office directly. The number is 646-610-4862. And that is the direct number to reach health and wellness section. And we can get you any resource you need within the department or we'll let you know what is it, or what unit you have to speak to.
2: My last question is just what what impacted or what fueled the change from when you were uh, working with the youth to uh, working with the wellness unit? Like, was there, was there a choice? Did you want to? Like, you know, what was it?
3: So... I had the opportunity to, when there was a change within the precinct and the youth officer was going to lose their position and there it was a creation to the YCO, there was a lot of changes, a lot of unknown at the time. And someone had presented me this opportunity and said, I think you'll be a great fit on helping cops. And ideally, I felt like maybe it's time to graduate to cops. And that's why I went to officers. But who knows what my career entails. I can do anything. Anything up on my mind. So, So... And maybe one day I'll go back to working with kids or maybe I'll work with the police commissioner. You never know. <laughs> I think
2: you're well, touching, touching on what you said kind of first got you into becoming a police officer. I think you're doing, I know you don't have to hear it from me, but I think you're doing great. Even with the fact Fantastic that you're, job. that you're helping cops because there might be a cop who, if you didn't help them that day, they might go and mistreat someone or mistreat a situation. And that's what you want to change. And I think you found the perfect place to change that and and make that change. So
3: Yes, it's the perfect place. Um, We don't get to we don't get to say it as much because it is a confidential space and it is something that maybe police officers may not hear as much about it as they should. But like and like my mom said, when you help someone, you're not supposed to tell people. You're just doing it for yourself. And I was that way as a kid and I'm going to be that way as an adult. And I taught all my explorers, do things with a good heart and it'll turn out how it's supposed to turn out. So I just keep being me and I keep going. And
0: Excellent. So we are just about at the tail end of the show here. Do you have anything else to throw in?
3: My last thing that I, I just have to say is... Uh, that I felt like was the most important thing that I did as a, a youth officer. And that was help kids realize that that officer that you're seeing, um, it's just, it, that could be you one day. And, and we still have a job and we still have to report to someone. But in the end of the day, we wanna go home to our families. And at the end of the day, I still have to make dinner and I still have to go shower. And maybe the same way you don't wanna be in school, I don't wanna be at work. But we all have to live amongst each other. So let's make it a a happy place, peaceful place.
0: Thank you to our guest, Officer Pagan. For John, for our new host doing well, Kenzie, AKA Chicken Chicken Nugget. Nugget. (laughs) I am Officer (laughs) Joe Galetta. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media at options.nyc and make sure you tune in next week.